But let's go ahead and start. We're going to be in Romans chapter 5. And man, we got a lot of scripture. We got a lot of scripture. We're, going to, we're just going to pour, just pour into our hearts today and just get ourselves focused and energized with the hope that we have in Christ. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. I'm waiting for some amens to that one. I mean, you, you amen the other. We can go back. And we, rejo- we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. you like that one. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. You're getting better. You're coming there. You're coming along. You're seeing it. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character. Everybody say it out. Hope. There we go. Just making sure you're following along in your Bibles. Do it children's church style. Now, hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you today for the hope that we have in Christ, Lord. God, we thank you that hope does not ever, ever, ever disappoint, Lord. So, Lord, we ask you just to come and just help us to recalibrate and refocus the hope of our hearts, Lord, the hope of our lives today in this place. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hope. We're going to talk about and say this word a hundred times today. Hoping that hope is infused once again into our spirit, into our thoughts, into our heart, because hope is the, is the cornerstone. It's one of those cornerstones. We could actually say is the cornerstone of our faith because our hope is Christ. Christ is our cornerstone. We hope in eternal life. We hope in that God is watching over us at all times. We hope that everything will work out for good. Can somebody else other than one other person say amen to that one? That everything can work out for good. Forget, I know all, all your stories. I know what we're all going through. We're all hoping, we're all in the same boat, hoping that God will take 
these things that we're walking through and use them for good. Hope that when you do something wrong, that you have the opportunity to make it right. Hope that there is more to life than just what we see and feel every day. Hope that God has us in the palm of his hand, or we can actually say in the palm of his sovereign plan. You see, hope is this expectation of future good. Hope is, hope is a deep-seated expectation, not a passing goosebumps or good feelings, but rather a deeply seated expectation in our spirits of future good. It's trusting in God that the future has good things in store for us. Not to say that they're all going to come to pass so easily, but it says that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Sometimes we look at hope through bad situations, or as we say sometimes, bad things happen to good people. Even bad things happen to saved people. Not all people who are thought to be good are necessarily saved. If our situation is bad, Hope tells us to continue believing. If your situation remains bad longer than you expected that it would, hope tells us that God will give us the strength to make it through. If your situation is good, all that you could ever hope for, hope helps us to believe for God's sustaining power to keep us in this place of blessing and to also prepare us and keep us when and if something unexpected happens. If you're nervous that your situation may change for the worse, hope tells us that it does not matter of the circumstances that our Heavenly Father is always faithful to the very end. You see, the object of our hope is not the result. That's where we get mixed up sometimes. We put, we put all our hope in an expected ending scenario. The object of our hope is not what we hope in how it will turn out, but the object of our hope and the thing hoped for is to be Christ. For in this hope, we are saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope at all, for who hopes for something that he sees? If you see it, you've got it. You don't need a hope for it. The whole, the whole point of hope 
is that it's not manifested before you. Let's make sure we don't freeze people out in this place now. I'm going to have to go get my jacket and my scarf here in a moment. No, I'm kidding. Maybe. Y'all just raise your hand and say, I'm, I'm cold now. Can somebody do something about that air? Now my, when my nose turns three shades of red, that's when you know it's time to put back on the heater. No. First John 3, 3 says this, And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, for he is pure. You see, our hope is in a person. Just like our salvation is found in a person. It's kind of cliche. It's kind of like we say it again every day, every week. But, but really, we don't move past that. We never move past that salvation is found in our walk in relationship with Christ and the hope that we have access to through every horrible situation. Again, if your situation is wonderful and it's all manifested before you and everything's just hunky-dory and peaches and cream, I don't know if that works. There's no reason for hope. But the reality is as we journey through this life every day, it's a, it's a harsh revelation of pain and letdown in the temporary nature of the journey that we're on. Hoping to cross over to the other side. You see, Christ is the hope, the only hope that captures our affections, our attention, and holds us steady. Hebrews 6.19 says that we have this as an anchor for our soul, this hope, both sure and steadfast, which does what? It, what does this anchor do for us, which enters us, into the presence behind the veil. You see, hope is what brings us. Hope is why, hopefully, why you come into church week after week. Hope is why you, hopefully, why you're, you're opening up your time of, with Jesus and your devotion time. Because hope is what, what tells us, oh, I can come to Jesus and, and once again I can find myself filled and surrounded by an eternal presence. That will then begin to dwarf the realities that we're having to push through every day in life. Not hoping in what Christ can just do for us. We put our hope, if I trust in God, then we'll, he'll do this for me. If I trust in the Lord, he'll, he'll fix this problem for me. It's true that there are things that are fixed. There is restoration. There is healing. There is forgiveness. There is new starts. But what I've experienced after 
some 25 some odd years that it doesn't always transpire exactly how you think it should. But nonetheless, however, it begins to unfold before our eyes. Our hope remains in Christ because hope motivates us forward every day. Not a good, not a good public speaker. My job or all pastors' jobs for that matter is our job not to be not to be good public motivators. I mean, hopefully you're not a complete dud. Hopefully I'm not a complete dud every week. But that's not my that's not my job description to be a motivator. Not a motivator. The hope that we have in Christ is to be the motivation that you need to push through every day of life. It's your job to get a hold of that hope. It's, it's my job and it's, it's our job to give people an opportunity. It's my job to once again put the word of God out there before you. But each one of us, we got to grab a hold of hope and not let it go. We rest in hope. We wait in hope. If we pull up that anchor, since it says it's the anchor of our soul that, that enters us in behind the veil, well, if, if we pull up that anchor of hope, and just like if we're in a boat at sea or wherever, we pull that thing up, and all of a sudden, you begin to drift. You see, without hope, being anchored in your life, your life begins to go adrift. Hope is, Christ is the one that holds you steadfast and secure. Keeping that anchor securely planted in our life because without hope, our hearts become sick. We don't always think about it every day, but you know, a sick heart is worse than a sick body. I mean, a sick body is, is, is nothing, nothing to anybody wants. But you can, have a, you can have a sick body and have a heart that's completely at peace. Having a trust in the Lord, trusting him for a miracle, trusting him for provision, trusting him for his will to be done as Jesus looked at the leper and says, yes, I will for you to be healed. But man, if you take a heart and a heart is void of hope and then you throw in the curveballs and the knuckleballs and the change-ups of life, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. You see, hope being deferred is, is hope being removed from our life, hope being delayed in our life, hope deferred. This is why when we commit to Christ, we have to not only commit who we are, but we commit all that we have, and we even commit the timeline and how he does it into his hands. It's not a half-hearted commitment that's depending upon the results, but it's a wholehearted commitment that leaves the results in his hands. 
It's hard to even get the results in our walk with God if our commitment is at best just halving it. Oh, just halfies. Lord, can we just do halfies? I just want to do half. I'll go in half with you. He's not looking for, he's not looking for halfsies. And our commitment as we walk with him. You go in half seas and hope somehow and your, your heart gets sick. The hope's deferred and you're like, oh, I, I tried that. I, I, gave that I, I gave that a wing. Someone might even say, well, what if, what if the hope, what if the hope doesn't, doesn't work? Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes we have, to, we have to just continue to wash our minds and we have to come against those, those thoughts that tell us when things start happening, they're like, you see, it's not, it's not working for you. It's not working. Doubt wants to try to start creeping in the realities of life. Even when it seems like our hope in Christ is not working, we keep our anchor, steadfast and secure. You see, hope empowers us to stay the course in the face of imminent danger. I was reading my children. Actually, it was just Annabelle last night, and I think Seth already was sleeping. Of course, I get a little bit more daddy duties when, when we got a little one in the house. You know, go water, change the diaper, read the kid. I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember these days. Don't throw anything at me. We got an understanding. <laughs> Reading Annabelle last night and got into Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man, the Lord spoke to me right there reading. I was just like, man, you can, when the Lord speaks to you reading an animated children's Bible, man, that's when you know it's good. But in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to, to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. <laughs> when the king looks at you and, and says, you know, you're going to worship me or else. And you look back at him and say, we don't, we don't even need to answer you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're the ruler of all the earth. You know, you've got the power, so you think, in your hand to do whatever it is that you may want to do with us. But, King, we don't even, we don't even have to answer you in this matter. Because <laughs> verse 17 goes on to say, if that is the case, and of course it's the whole fiery pit, you know, seven times hotter. Our God, listen to this, folks. You've heard it before, but listen to it again. God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. I want you to close your eyes, open your hearts right now. We're talking about the hope that's in Christ. And I want you to, to let this word speak to you today, the word of God. God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. But hold up. Stay right there. That's, that's not the word I want you to hear. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Verse 18. 
But if not, but if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Listen to this today. These men were in the face of imminent danger and they had such a hope embedded in their spirits that they were able to look at the most powerful man in the universe and say to them, we don't even need to answer you, but we're going to give you this one little nugget. This one little nugget. Our God can deliver us. Somebody say amen. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to worship anything that you put before us. In other words, no matter what gets thrown your way, you're not going to pull up the anchor of hope in your life. Your hope empowers you. The hope that we have in Christ. The hope that we have in salvation, the hope that we have in the delivery ability of our Lord. And if it, for whatever reason, turns out differently than we had planned, we're still going to worship him the same. Let's get practical for just a couple moments. Hope is the fruit of trust. Some of you have trust issues. All of us, all of let me just throw, let me just, let's all just jump into this, into this, you know, water filled with alligators waiting to chomp at it. All of us at times have trust issues. If we're going to be a people who are filled with this steadfast, true, never moving type of hope, we are a people who learn how to trust in the Lord. Hope is the, the fruit. It's the product of a trusting life. We should all get up right now and do the trust fall, right? Somebody, nobody's going to catch me? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> don't do that. I don't recommend that. I, trust, I did that trust fall pre-salvation, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Let's do this. You know, and all of us being stupid in a room. I was 13 years old, and somebody, you know, I... When I won't tell you how I went down. Next thing you know, let's just say I have, I'm missing teeth today because of that trust fall. We all have trust issues. We feel like somebody's let us just fall on our face before and you're missing teeth today as a result of it. True story. Don't ask me to show you. It's not pretty. In Isaiah chapter 26... We're going to read it from the Amplified version because I want it to be loud. Verses 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace 
and constant peace, the one whose mind is steadfast. That means committed, not halfies, committed and focused on you in both inclination and in character. Listen to this. Because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. Trust confidently in the Lord forever. He is your fortress and your shield. He is your banner. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages. In 1 Timothy, bringing it all the way into the new, in chapter 4, verse 10, it says, For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our trust or our hope set on the living God. Listen to that again. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our trust set on the living God. You see, it's impossible to be a person of hope if we're not a people who are able to trust in the Lord. You've got to learn through, through suffering sometimes, through obedience that comes through suffering, through just the trials and the victories of life. We have to learn to be a trusting people. I'm not saying that every person in your life can be or should be trusted the same. I'm talking about trusting in Jesus. Even those trials of relationship trials that we're walking through and trying to figure out too many times, we get our eyes fixated on that other person, whomever that other person might be. Go through the whole list of scenarios of who that person might be, and, and we get fixated on trying to fix them. I'm a fixer. I want to fix it. Well, worry about fixing yourself. Fixing yourself on Christ. Trusting in Him. Toiling in striving, 1 Timothy 4.10, to this end, we toil and strive to trust. Trust does not come easily. It's not something that just automatically, yes, we get redeemed and we get saved and salvation is a gift that just is, is offered into our life. But like all these character traits that we have to work on and build through and walk through, trust is something that, is, that grows in our life. Like with our faith that, that gets stronger and just keeps on increasing, that you would increase in these measures and you will not be let down. Trust is one of those areas that we need to continue to trust better. When we find ourselves lacking hope, we need to look at 
the trust issues in our life. We need to defend the hope that we have. It's not something that we should easily release or even let somebody attack in our life where it says, Be, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. In 1 Peter 3.15, sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Why do you keep on hoping? Things don't really seem to be going that well for you. Why do you hope in the, in the face of brokenness? People, Satan will want to come and try to deflate the hope that we have in life. The hope that we have in Christ. And we have to be a people whom it says to be ready to give a defense. You have to know why you hope. You've got to know it. Not, not because, oh, well, well, Pastor said I'm supposed to hope. He said it on Sunday. Just hope. If only it worked that way. I'm not that good a preacher. You have to know. What that means is you have to get the revelation in your heart. Why it is that you have this hope that the Lord can give you a new lease and a new start in life. And when somebody comes against you, when Satan comes against you, when that best friend comes against you, and when somebody comes and starts questioning and trying to deflate that hope that you have, you need to be ready by the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit to give a defense for the reason why you keep holding hoping. When we see a Christian brother or we see a sister in the Lord struggling, Instead of allowing our hope to be pulled down because of their struggle, instead we're to, we're to then lift up their arms. Don't allow their discouragement to weaken our hope. This is an opportunity for our voice of faith, our voice of hope that can make an impact by the power of the word of God in somebody's life. Let us not allow questions to take precedent in our mind over the word of God. Questions about some of the bad things that happen in life, some of the unexpected things that happen in life. Instead, all the more, let us strengthen the hope that we have, expecting for that great day that is coming when it all will be wrapped up and we'll spend eternity with Christ. There is a day when pain will cease. Sin will be destroyed. Death will no longer be. And when what only seems like a glimmer of hope today will become as bright as the noonday sun. Let us rise up. Just as that word that came at the beginning of 
service today. Let us rise up. Let us rise up and be a generation of Christians, of, of leaders who will join arm in arm, making a whole commitment to this hope that we have in Christ, waiting through the travailing of the Spirit for that great blessed hope to appear before us, girding up the loins of our mind and preparing ourselves for action. For the grace of God in Titus chapter 2. And we're going to close with this passage here. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope in the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet, if you would. Thank you, Lord. As I have said, I'm leaving some little extra time today for us just to take some time at these altars. Hallelujah. Praying for people, worship team, you can come. Praying for people, anointing people, tarrying and waiting in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Just open up your hearts right now. Every person in this house, thank you, Jesus. Hope gets us through grieving. Hope gets us through sickness. Hope gets us through loss. Hallelujah. Hope gets us through depression. The hope that we have in Christ. The hope of miracles, the hope of sustaining strength and power, the hope of provision, the hope of open doors. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just come, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just come to each person in this place today, Lord, and that we, if nothing else, Lord, we would leave this house today with our hope anchored steadfastly and sure in Christ our Lord holding us through every wind through every wave through every change of course that that anchor holds us true just come Lord and anchor us today Lord where there's wavering in this house where there's, there's trust lack of trust and trust issues in this place today, Lord, that we just, we come and we freely offer them to you, Lord. We place them in your hands, Lord, and we just ask for your help, Lord. Help us, Lord, to trust again, Lord. Just come, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.